Are you a sheep? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play, girls games. Don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Hearing, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Monica and with me today is my lovely, amazing, glorious, on toilet paper sitting in US staying co-host Amanda. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was so bad. No, no, it was. No, that, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, thank you. Hi. Um, and I would just like to clarify that I'm actually, I'm not sitting on toilet paper. I'm sitting on the floor, but my microphone is resting on paper towels. Oh, man, details. I know, I know. I just I just want, wanted to clarify that in case people were, thought that I was in the bathroom or something. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a very great acoustic in your bathroom. Who knows? Maybe that's where I should, maybe I should like retire the closet and record in the bathroom. Maybe it's worth a try. Maybe there's plugs in there. There's no plugs in here. You have plugs in your bathroom? Yeah. Isn't that actually really dangerous? Apparently not. Well, like everywhere else in the world thinks it's dangerous except for here. I mean, America's we just like, go on. Like, <laughs> No <laughs> you can reach with a hairdryer to the bathtub, no problem. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Um, oh uh, man, survival of the fittest. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Just hanging out in the good old US of A and enjoying the sun because sunny Florida has proved and lived up to its name. I mean, I see you sitting there in a tank top, so I guess um, that's a good sign. I am only covered in my blanket. If I could, I would wrap my head in it, but then I couldn't talk properly. So I see I the benefit of the warm weather right now. Very good, except when I'm literally sitting in a closet that has no ventilation. So Maybe throughout the length of this episode, you might see me in less than a tank top. I'll just be like, well, okay, <laughs> that's the benefit of a podcast. I mean, the I benefit or the 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 problem issue of a podcast. Nobody gets to see me take my clothes off. Nobody gets to see you take clothes off. Clothes well, except off. for you. Well, except for me, but I'm not sure if I would pay money for it. I mean, no. I would pay money for it, but oh man, I can't. <laughs> Take myself out of the dump that I'm whatever. It's okay. Boobs don't interest you, so yeah. It, you know, it would just be like, all right, Amanda's sitting there in her bra. Oh, there go her pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's yeah. passed out. I should probably call Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you hear a loud bump, then it was Amanda, probably. Yeah. So yeah, how you doing? Yeah. Um, as one might hear, uh, I have a bit of a cold going on after a weekend of sick came abruptly with high fever 
made me binge a lot of stuff <laughs> again. Now I can blame the sickness and the being ill for watching a lot of TV on the weekend. Um, I'm now all up to date with the UK <laughs> history <laughs> because I've watched all seasons of The Crown. <laughs> um, yep, that happened. I mean, I've always had a thing for you Brits, the royals and shit. So yeah, I had to watch it. That's good. My mom likes it. She doesn't like the latest season. Why? I don't. I don't know. What is it about? Something about. Uh, oh, I can't remember what she said, but she doesn't like it. Maybe Olivia Coleman is not her cup of tea. Well, to be fair, she told me that while I was like half asleep. So <laughs> no wonder I can't remember. But yeah, I also got to binge a lot on the flight coming over. I got to watch three movies. What did you watch? Finally, saw the live action Aladdin. Oh, fuck yeah. I wish so hard that I had seen it like back when it came out because that would have been one hell of an episode to record. I know. Oh, it was so fucking good. You wanted to do it, but then it didn't happen, right? Yeah. Like, I really wanted to see it live. Well, live. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the audience and be like, oh, hello, Smith, how are you? You look marvelous as the genie. <laughs> if I, I mean, a bit weird to be fair, but yeah. Quite okay. I was down with it. It was fine. It was just like it was a bit weird, but it was like fine. Yeah, borderline then, fine, I think. Yeah, and then I saw the Men in Black International with Tessa Thompson and Chris Ooh. Hemsworth. Uh-uh. It was pretty good. Um, but I've been having this like knack lately where if I'm reading something or I'm watching something, I'm like picking out who done it pretty early on. Oh, and damn it. I've been right like 95% of the time in the past few months. And I'm just like, is is it me? Am I getting like really good at this? Or is everything just really fucking predictable these days? And I can't decide if it's predictable or I just am consuming way too much content that all of these tropes are just. Maybe. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I'm just like, I mean, it was fine, but saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. I think storytelling is really difficult. Somehow, sometimes, I mean, we talked about this in the episode just previously that you have to write the story in such an amazing way that it gives away hints occasionally, but not too many hints. So you're not like, that's make that make sense. Or you have to write such a smart story that it makes sense if if it comes all of a sudden. So I think it's probably really, really tricky to get the shit across. Yeah, it's true. I would say that the original Aladdin was probably my favorite uh, Disney movie. Like, I've always loved it. Just the whole concept and the songs are my my favorite out of the... Yeah. Like, I always go back to them. And this, so far, is definitely my favorite live action. And I would, I would almost say that I like it more than the original. Which you, I think you totally can. Almost. Especially if you... I, I mean, I, I watched the original, like, the day after... I watched a live action because I don't know how many years ago I've watched the original the last time easily, like what, 25 years. Yes, people, I'm older than that. I'm even older than that. But then I had, I mean, you know that you've seen the movies, but you don't remember what's actually have been, what ha- actually has been going on. So I watched them just also to compare what they changed in the movie and it was amazing. So in comparison, like even right after that, they can can go can go shit really. 
Yeah, well, I like I would be. I've probably watched it fairly recently, like maybe within the last six years. Which yeah. for, a, for a Disney film as an adult, that's pretty recent. That is pretty recent. Yeah. Um, and I would say that, like, the changes that they did were not totally bad. Like they were, or not not obviously they weren't bad because it was fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> but they weren't like that far off the original. Like I actually think the original was really good for what it was at the time like in 90 yeah like, yeah 94 95 doesn't matter um because this episode isn't about aladdin though it should be <laughs> it should be, it should be. Um, <laughs> I, i'm just like so impressed with the change that they've made that has kept it with the original story because obviously it's an old story as well and then disney took it over um but and then they've just made it modern and feminist and freaking amazing and i yeah. love it and i love it i love it i love it yeah it's Sorry. true i think <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a really great movie now for young girls mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good empowering uh movie for girls nowadays which we don't have enough of yet still so i think that's why it's just awesome that they did what they did yeah i agree i'm just like it feels like the original was a movie about like loving who you love and it's okay to love who you love yeah and this one is just like you can be anything and also love who you love yeah i'm wondering sometimes how different my life would have been if i had more movies like this when i was a kid Mm. like more empowering role models on television or in movies or wherever, really, because back in our days that wasn't really the case, and now it's just starting to get way, way more normal to see all of that, which is just amazing. And I think it does something with you. It does. It definitely does. I pretty sure I cried out of pride again. It was like a whole Captain Marvel moment when I was like, "This is amazing!" Yeah, I had the tears and. Even though, like, these movies aren't affecting, like, my development as a child, I still get that, like, yes, there's just this pride and, like, they are going to affect children, like, little girls and, and like, little, little children who identify as girls. Like, they're going to affect their lives and be like, yeah, like, look at that. There's a cartoon character that looks like me. There's a cartoon character that acts like me. There's... Just, I, I think want. I think alone the I mean we look at it now in 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 retrospect and from a whole totally different position being like that that is as you say the the moment of pride the yes it's finally here situation we haven't had that for so long and those are the stories we want to see and those are the things we want to to listen to and watch and and see ourselves in but that wasn't that obvious when you were like five six seven eight nine years old so that's way more sub- subconscious that that empowered storyline that empowered storytelling so it's not up for discussion if people on or if girls are even thinking that because i don't necessarily think if you're of a very young age that you have that Im- notion of of I want to see myself somewhere, but alone the fact that you are there and that the stories are empowering makes you more empowered as yeah, a person. Like, it just becomes this thing where 
you just accept that you are you are there. Like you're it's yeah. not something like, oh my gosh, like okay, yeah, that is me up there. You're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more yeah, people that look like me, more people that act like me, more people that like yeah. do what I'm doing. Like yeah. I think that um I was lucky because yes, I did watch like a lot of cartoons and stuff as a kid, but I was old enough to start watching Buffy when she first came on TV. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think that Buffy was a really great role model. Like she she came out in what ninety seven, yeah. Um, and she was a pretty great role model. And then the books that I read when I was a kid were very, like they had quite strong, like girl role models in them as well. Um, and I always identified uh, my favorite book series, the Boxcar Children. I always identified with like the the lead character in that. Well, like there was four, four, two, two girls and two boys. And I always identified with the oldest, eldest girl. I was like, she's amazing. She's just like me. She's so cool. You know, going back then to Men in Black International with Tessa Thompson, um, it was like her character was obviously really empowering as well. Um, It was kind of cool that I watched like two back-to-back films that were all about strong women and like (laughs) taking hold of these movie franchises and putting a, a twist on them like a girl power twist mm-hmm. which isn't a twist it's just like a fact of life kind of thing you know what i mean um yeah it's something we haven't had before i mean there were how many men in black movies three of them and they were like 90 per 90.9 male in the in the male main actors yeah i mean there was the occasional side role of a strong i mean the, the villain was once female and then the well, the romantic interest of Will Smith in the third movie, even so, but that that was that. Yeah. So when Tessa Thompson's character, I won't give too much away on like the plot, but when she first got to the Men in Black like underground secret facilities, and she was meeting with, I, I think it was actually Gillian Anderson was playing the lead in, in it, um, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Not not the lead, but the um the, like the head of the agency i have issues recognizing her now that she's so skinny and blonde (laughs) it's it took me a while in sex education to figure that one out to be fair so i'm like i don't know if i would notice it now oh sorry i was i was incorrect okay when tessa thompson's character met emma thompson character um which i sorry i thought that that was Jillian Anderson. They kind of look the same when they've got like their short blonde haircuts. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> she welcomed true, her. Though. Yeah, she welcomed her to the Men in Black, and Tessa's character like looked at her like fucking Men in Black. Like, are you serious here? And she goes, <laughs> Men in Black. I know. I've brought it up before, but they don't seem to care. <laughs> and, like That's they didn't amazing. joke about the fact that it's called the Men in Black. And <laughs> This is great. And then towards the end of the film, uh, Chris Hemsworth's character, like, obviously, they save the day and no spoilers, but yes, they the do. I the mean, they always save the day. And uh, he was all like, oh, it's so great to be part of the men and women in black. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, it was really it was like cheesy and over the top. Um, but it was definitely welcome and i was like yeah this is good like this is good like okay yeah they're making a point of being like like we're bringing more equality into the men and women in black also it's just that raising awareness on that 
stuff because I think so many things are not even in the conscious reality of people. Like they don't even notice that that's actually not really amazing that it's called just a man in black. There are women there as well. And yeah, maybe it needs some different something, something else instead or something, but just making that a point in the movie with a little humoric spin on it. It just releases the tension and you can laugh about it and, but still start to think about it. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. No, I was actually listening to a podcast uh, yesterday and it was about the type of language that we use. And I know that we've talked about this as yeah. well, but the type of language that it, it's so geared towards men and mankind and mm. like firemen, fireman, yeah. and even something as simple as like a manhole cover, like to cover a sewer. I don't know what they call them in Austria or if they have a different name, like a sewer cover, like to go down into the sewers and the pipes underneath the streets and they've got covers on them. Can I take it? It's really just nothing has nothing to do with men, but sure. That's called what? It's called a manhole cover. Why is it a manhole cover? I don't know. I don't know why it's called that, but like even something like that, just instead of calling it that, calling it like a sewer cover, call call it actually what it is instead of a manhole cover. I guess it's because it's a man-made hole in the ground, so it's a manhole cover. (laughs) No, I have no idea what the etymology of that word is, but like it was just it's it's these these things that it's like okay, you just make simple tweaks to the language, and all of a sudden you're making something so much more inclusive. Um, yeah, and like I I just was I really enjoyed the men in blacks men and women in blacks take on that. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was good. I like and that. I I have to say as well that like Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are they're just fantastic on stage or on screen together. Yeah, I mean, I hope we see them again. I think we will. Probably in the Men and Women in Black too. Oh, okay. Well, no, I've got no idea, but they should. And also... I mean, Thor, Love and Thunder. Let's hope they see... Because I really like her as Valkyrie. So good. I think she's a really really great role as well. And Mm -hmm. when she's flying the Pegasus, it's just amazing. So I need her again. More Tessa Thompson, just more in general. I love her. I mean, I wasn't even really a fan. I, I was never really a fan of horses, but I have a thing for a Pegasus. Mm. Can't even explain. Maybe because it's flying. They're just so pretty and majestic. And maybe it's that. I don't know. And the the wings. The wings are really cool. And the fact that like they come from Greek mythology, it totally helps. I'm really just a sucker for Greek mythology. Yeah, we had so much in Latin of that, and I read a few books about like we had. There is some art, some author here who like rewrites mythology in a way. Doesn't Stephen Fry do that a bit as well? Yeah, myth- mythos, and I can't remember the other one. Yeah, I think maybe in a similar kind of way, though. I think yeah. I, I want to read Fry's approach to this because he's hilarious. Um. Yeah. So like I've basically kicking myself that I didn't actually pick it up. So all three of them were available for a pound and you didn't take them with you? No, it was just the first one, just the mythos. I was getting two books for Tom and I was like, oh, there's nothing here that I really want. There's nothing else that he would really want. So I'll just get the two and like not waste waste it. And then I heard how good mythos was and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, but apparently there's a whole lot of um, Greek myth 
feminist literature out right now or coming out. Um, nice. There's a book called Circe, um, C-I-R-C-E, uh, and a few others. And they're supposed to be like really, really, really good, um, really good, strong feminist literature. Um, so I've got my eye on those as well. Nice. Mm-hmm. So much to read, man. I know, so much to read. And there's just so much more now about like just with strong women and it's like yeah it's about time i wish there were more when i was a kid like more also children's books to read from not only like young adult ones but even for like like what what parents read to their kids kind of books because i think that's something that is really helpful with uh parenting and and and, and educating kids and and, and growing strong kids when mm -hmm. they see in, in 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 drawing books for example with cute stories that being different is okay and and not being the norm is okay and these kinds of books i think that 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 really does something with the psyche of a kid when you see that even if you're a bit off the normal scale or people would hit the, will draw the normal norm that you're still a special person because you're you And yeah, I don't know if Cinderella and all the princess stories that you used to get did the trick there. <laughs> no, not so much. I do think that there is more coming out now because there is a drive to be more diverse oh, yeah. and just more open and everything with, with kids' books. Um, there's a woman in Northern Ireland who has actually started a kids book club that runs every week and it's celebrating diversity through children's books nice um so she it's like a reading circle and it's her and a friend of hers helps host it as well and they just invite kids from all over belfast or they can come from as far away as in province as they want really but it's mostly it's in belfast so people mm -hmm. travel and she's doing great things with it and it is helping kids open up like a conversation that they probably didn't know they needed to have but it's yeah. like It, it's definitely helping and it's helping their parents as well. Yeah. Um, because Northern Ireland is still quite a small country and there's not a lot of diversity. Yeah. Um, so like her wee boy is mixed race and he has like see, like faced racism and, and things and he's only six. Um, so people are so shit. Eh? People are shit. And the racism, like a lot of times it's actually come from his classmates, like his six year old classmates, like just being pretty rotten to him. And, her book club is actually doing a lot of a lot of good um for for kids as well just because of the i mean it's, i think it's a thin line between what people what kids um say without even meaning it badly i mean six, six people with six years you, you can't really say that anymore kids mm -hmm. with six can be evil as well but we had an issue with my best friend over here her boy is like four now but when that was the case she just started to go to kindergarten so around three-ish or something there is a girl there with darker skin right and my 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 best friend is obviously quite woke as well and <laughs> they're not racist at all and, and anything and it would never call someone with a darker skin color anything like oh she has she's like brown or whatever and he just just when he's told me about that girl he was not thinking about anything and saying yeah he she has the brown skin and, and and like in a in a in a very weird way where he was like whoa, whoa, whoa where did that come from and she was like she was we were talking about this then how even he has never heard it from them they still like 
are so aware of things going on in their lives that children just either say things they don't mean in a way, but also repeat stuff that they heard from wherever. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's really painful if there is no, no one to talk uh, you through that or to talk them through that. So I think doing that with books is like really, really important. And if the parents at home don't do it, then I guess schools and kindergartens should uh, step up and do that instead. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of a story that uh, another local businesswoman in Belfast uh, told, and it was about her son um, went to school and came home one day and said, Mom, I think there's an undercover princess who just started school with us. And he was like, she's beautiful. Which could she be a thing in <laughs> in the <Yeah>. UK. <laughs> could be. Uh, he's like, she she was wearing the most beautiful dress. She's so beautiful. I think she's a princess. And she, it turns out that the the girl was wearing a sari. So she was, um, uh. she was from like the Middle East. She was wearing this really beautiful sari. And anyways, he came home from school about two weeks later, and he started talking about the wee packy girl in his class, and. Her, his mom like my friend was like what are you talking about and he was like you know the the packy girl the one that was that wears the dress and she was like the the girl you thought that was a princess and he was like yeah yeah that's what everybody calls her and she was oh, like wow. she had to have that conversation like why it was not okay to talk like to call her that and like first of all she has a name yeah first of all she has a name and you don't call somebody a wee packy girl like but this is just the kind of place that like she never uses that language. Yeah. Like, she is like not at all like that at all. And yeah. so obviously like those kids' parents, like other kids' parents have used that kind of language with the kids pick up on. And then the kids who's even like their parents don't use that language. Like yeah. it all just grows and grows and grows. And I think that that's a huge reason why not just with books, but with more representation and diversity in TV shows, like yeah. in kids shows is, is really important. Yeah, for sure. I've been watching a lot of shit lately, obviously. Also, that there is this how how uh, toys that made us on Netflix. Oh yeah, uh, and I've watched the episode with Barbie, mm -hmm. and that was so fascinating as well. Like um, how they tried to introduce. I mean, first of all, best stuff about best best spoiler about all of that is Barbie comes from a doll that Germans made back in the days as a basically a whore doll. So it was like from a from a comic in a in a in a magazine where where she was an easy girl and she was always sitting on and she was a bit of a bit of a, of a slutty one. And men had actually made the, the doll wasn't made for girls back in the days, but she was like like an easy easy woman and a bit of a whore. And that's where they made, where they took Barbie from. They brought that doll back to the US and then made Barbie out of it. Oh my gosh. So that, that's first of all pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, at the same time, I'm totally not surprised that, like, there was a German doll about that was, like, a wee bit loose or something. Like, I'm just like, well, this is just, like, I'm Europe. not surprised. Europe. <laughs> Europe and their sex culture. <laughs> yeah, true. And yeah, that they have... Um, it was on the one hand the way to show the girls that it's how how to live their life so that they, and that they had a really tough time getting that doll on the market because everyone they had to talk to, to they were all guys. 
first of all and it took them it was always kind of a method or thing that they wanted to use wow i was so elaborate with my wording right now i was really just like i'm not sure (laughs) what you're saying right now but carry on (laughs) i will let you talk this through have you heard of the american girl dolls american girl dolls yeah no okay so they've been around for well as long as i as long as i can remember anyways um they're very much a thing i think pretty much only in america um I think in the they're States. american girl lols yeah and because i had never heard of them until i moved to the states in 1996 and people are like oh my american girl doll and basically it's a doll and they come in all different skin tones and hair colors and everything um so you can get a, a doll that looks like you so it's always been quite a progressive company um because i remember like i was friends with a girl from india when i was in grade six or seven and she had an american girl doll that was indian and she was like really really pleased she was like oh this doll looks like me and i was just like that's cool but like back in grade five grade six year old amanda was just like not super into dolls so i was just like cool like that's cool (laughs) um whatever doll yeah but now they've gone even more like it's not just a skin tone and hair color they have made uh them with different disabilities like they've got hearing aids they've uh they've got wheelchairs um they've got bald dolls so you can like if you've got alopecia if you've you're like a little girl's gone through cancer and you have no hair you can have dolls like that and they've broadened their range of of races and ethnicities and like clothing options and it's like they're just doing amazing things for for a doll company like they they really are making it accessible for a child to be like this is me in doll form like this is my doll friend who is exactly the same as me it's it's really great like for a company that was always pretty progressive to just be being even more open and diverse and progressive and it's it's awesome to see and i'm glad that little girls have that kind of representation yeah um like okay they are custom made like you couldn't you don't necessarily walk up into a store and be like oh, i'll get this one that looks just like me like a lot of times the parents have to make them on like a website okay um, but it was always like that um like they were one of the first ones to have a website wow so you could do more custom and it's cool it's like build a bear but not a bear and it's a doll and it looks like you <laughs> <laughs> nice i think that's an amazing idea yeah I'm just like more like this, please. Yeah, I mean that again. They did try try to do that with Barbie for a while, then that didn't happen. Then um, they had the uh, uh, rivalry with the Brats that came out in nineteen ninety something mm-hmm. because they were super diverse, um, and so they had to. Yeah, super interesting to watch as well because you see how first of all how this toy market is really monopoly like there are a few big companies and that's it and they buy just all the different kinds of things and how they think how it goes together with when a movie comes out or even how some series or movies are even created because of of toys it's a really cool series you have to check that out and it's also really interesting gender wise because yeah fuck man eh? if you watch it because they have all these old people like these old people who worked back in the days when that was invented so when they they focus always on a series so they have one for all the different things the ninja turtles and and gi joe and which we didn't really have but um power rangers and how that all worked and they were like 
if I say 90% men, I am mm. not wrong. <laughs> and really only with a Barbie one, there were, there were like majority women and how difficult it was to get the use of a Barbie doll across for men because they had no idea also the barbie had boobs so that was something something totally inappropriate for them because whenever they saw boobs they saw it as in a sexual way whereas the women knew that the female girls wouldn't see the boobs as something sexual on their doll uh-huh. um so that was really hard for them to make them see why it's so great and such a market for them and yeah like most of the other ones they had men on there but one there was a few where marvel marvel was involved which, uh, um where there was a woman who was also pretty successful but like most of the other ones mostly men really mostly men which is yeah also interesting to watch but if you see yourself in there more i think it's just also with same with toys same with everything you need to have women in the roles because otherwise you can't see all the sides from all perspectives all the time. And that's why in every business, in every movie, it just you, you can just see clearly in so many different situations in life how both opinions are important and both standpoints are important. And by always having one at the front line and one deciding for everyone else, it can't be exclu- inclusive. It just cannot be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's why I think. We need more of us everywhere. <laughs> I agree. The, I, I just looked up in-flight movies. So the last movie that I watched on the flight was Shazam. Um, oh! <laughs> I watched it because I actually, I love Zachary Levy. I just think he's class. He's yeah. a really, he's really phenomenal. Oh, you um, didn't like it? No, no, it was good, actually. Okay. I, w- I was quite pleased with it. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. No. Um, well, there's a kid in it. And yes, okay, this film is mostly... Most of the cast is male. There's a couple women in it and a couple, like, there's a young girl and, uh, like, an older girl, like, 18 maybe, and then a young girl, maybe she's six or seven, and then uh, a couple other women. But the the whole concept of it is actually, it's really good and it's really diverse as well because it's, first of all, it's about a foster family and the mm-hmm. foster care s- system, okay? So it's um it can be hit or miss, especially, like, if you've got, like, some problems like a mom who abandons her her child um and so then he goes into the foster care system but he's always trying to find his mom and runs away from everywhere because he's trying to find her so he um then he finally gets to this new house where he's got like uh there's four or five other kids living there um and the parents the foster parents are very much like people who have been through the system as well and so they know what it's like and trying to make it a really a much more welcoming environment um but then the the kids who are there already like so there's a fairly the the, well, the eldest girl is going off to university and she's like trying to get accepted and writing letters and stuff and then there's a an overweight kid who doesn't speak an awful lot like he's just overweight and doesn't talk <laughs> um then there's a a disabled uh, kid mm-hmm. who he uses like a crutch and like he's got like a long like a forever illness like or disability like it's not something that would go away and he makes a lot of wry humor about his disability and like using it as kind of his own crutch like his disability is his crutch into humor and mm-hmm. he's bullied really hard there's an asian kid who's like super smart and there's 
a, a little like six-year-old black girl who is just the cutest thing in the world. She's adorable. <laughs> um, and then the kid that actually gets uh, turned into Shazam um, is the one who's been hopping through foster homes. Um, so even though like, yeah, it's a superhero story and it's about like ridding the world of evil or stopping the seven deadly sins. And like, so there's the whole like concept there, but the actual situation is really good. Like it's, it's showing some like a real life situation, like things that kids go through. And like, I, I would say, I don't think that foster kids get a lot of representation in films like that yeah. or, or TV or anything like that paints it in a really good light, like with super good parents and people who are there to like trying to make it a good experience for the kids mm-hmm. who genuinely love the children in their homes. Like mm-hmm. it's usually if there is some, some kind of foster home representation, it's like, a broken establishment and you're getting abused by your foster parents and Mm. they like they rape you or they hit you or like they're just horrible horrible Mm. people so it was really nice to see a normal like a normal healthy functioning loving home Mm. um full of like a really diverse group of kids that are all going through stuff yeah but they're all loved and Mm loving despite what they're going through yeah so yeah like i i'm glad that i looked it up because i just want to say super kudos to shazam for for doing that i need to watch that still i haven't watched it i've only seen recently a tv series where i think it's about a lesbian couple um who adopt a lot of adopt or have a lot of foster kids i'm not sure if they're all adopted or foster kids so that's probably the only thing where I would be aware of where I know that some constellation like this is going on in mm-hmm. on TV. What is, if you can find the name of that show, I'd really like to know because it sounds like something I would like. I just stumbled across it, I think, when I turned on the TV the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will find it for you and then I can let you know. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of my Google search. Lesbian foster home. <laughs> <laughs> I will find it because I'm good at Googling. Yay, you're better at Googling than me. (laughs) I do find crazy shit sometimes. In conclusion, I'm super down with what's happening on TV right now. And movies and books. Yeah, same. I'm listening a lot to the Armchair Expert podcast, obviously, with Dex Shepard. And I hear that, obviously, they have an interesting approach to whatever movies do. And what, what what the... Because they have all the actresses and all the people on the show all the time. I listened to the one with Amelia Clark recently. who was amazing because Amelia Clark is amazing. Anyway, mm-hmm. for me or for us who are not in the industry, you watch a movie and you're like, yeah, what ifs, right? But I have never actually seen it as something that is building a society as much as it really actually does. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, what, an example that he gave was um, Tom Hanks in Philadelphia, like if that movie Philadelphia hadn't come out, people hadn't been educated about all the things having to do with HIV and all that stuff. So, so, so actually, the it's the job of movies to educate the society and to to form the society as it is. So I think, yeah, we we sit there, we watch TV, and there is a lot of shit happening all the time, but. Movies, even mainstream movies, can do so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great that a lot of them really step into the role of, of doing that, of educating the people, of opening the horizon and of, of showing different things. Yeah, I think 
that the progression of movies right now is, I almost think it's coming uh, maybe a few years too late. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I wish was coming out in the mid-2000s, like, before 2010, kind of, like, mm. um, because it's a lot of issues that are being debated now for, like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe this is all in response, you know, to the 2016 presidential elections. People are like, fuck, we, we messed up. Like, we gotta, we gotta get this content out there now. I don't know, like, with more more strong women and like even even the biopsies of like elton john and freddie mercury like biopsies the, that's what they're called oh they're biopsies yeah they're biographies no they're biopsies when that's a really like weird that. word for <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing yeah um uh, but like you even those movies like rocket man and uh bohemian rhapsody like yeah. they're showing these these men who are very like prominent in the gay community and but even though they were gay and they were always like like very open or maybe not always but like they were open about their sexuality it was still something like oh i like their music but he's gay yeah yeah you know whereas bringing this into mainstream media is just being like it's it's putting that like acceptance into into something like I, i i think it's not for the benefit of younger generations but for like older generations who in general are like really like his music but he's gay you know it's it's just kind of like being like yeah but it's okay yeah yeah for sure i've also watched uh, the end of the fucking world which is nuts but in a kind of i really really grew on me the longer i watched it and she just said one thing during it that was someone was hitting on her and she was asking her if she w- about her sexuality and something and she just said we're living in a b- we have a big we're working with a big spectrum right nowadays where i was like <laughs> just alone that sentence is in relation to 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 what we've had where it was we it's even like we're not that old i mean we're not ancient but we're like going strong on 40 yay <laughs> Oh, I'm closer than 40. I'm closer to 40 than you are. Anyway, yeah. well, not for long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that the, that, that the youth nowadays, I mean, it obviously also has its own challenges, but sees that more, recognizes that more, and, and it's also talked about more, even just in small sentences like this. So mm-hmm. just, just pointing, dropping it here and there, because revolution doesn't start with the day sometimes especially with the movie business and to what you said to the point yes i think it was necessary back in those days but i think considering all that um happened happened in the movie industry to women in the movie industry um it took those women a while to get to a point where they're all like enough is enough Mm -hmm. and i think those who who exploded basically in that me too movement are also those who started to work on their position when from from the point that started happening to to dig their really work their way through the shit that they have had to go through in the industry create their own jobs create their own opportunities become directors producers like so many who who you see like who 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 are on TV like what is her name jesus <sighs> Jane the Virgin, 
that yeah so she for example she's creating a, a company who who is focusing on being super diverse on the set as well and and Reese Witherspoon is having her own has her own show now on Netflix as well where she puts like female strong women into the center and how their path was and and it takes a lot of work I guess to get away from what is happening and that's what why we haven't seen that so much when when we might have needed it and when you said like around 2000 2010 because all these women who are now doing the shit they needed to go through their own shit at the time and which then peaked in that shitty Weinstein situation and the me too movement i guess but i think that is all a build up from what people and women have had to go through till to now where i think this this creative energy just exploded into uh, and is spreading around all the movies that we're starting to see more and more of these days i have my moments yeah. <laughs> i can say this thing in one episode and have my smart moments as well <laughs> If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.